Hey, this is Mike Birbiglia, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder, which is one of the better tape recorders. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's Jimmy Schubert. You know, on the other hand, it's kind of a giant waste of time, you know? I mean, that's why I got rid of, uh, I, like, I don't watch the news anymore. I, I kind of read my news in the morning, and I just get, I just don't like listening to it all the time. It's just like, like, I go, why do you think they call programming? Cable pundits do more to divide us than to bring us together. And I think that's by, on purpose, by design. Yeah. Had a great talk with Jimmy. He thinks things are pretty ridiculous right now, but not in the same way maybe you and I think so, but I still think you're going to agree with him. So we'll be getting to that in just a few minutes. We have a song of the week from OMD, but for a very good reason, I promise. And first, as always, though, a dumb bit. This podcast, of course, emanates from Cincinnati, Ohio, if you didn't already know. And, of course, across the river from Cincinnati, you will find our friends in northern Kentucky. It's the southern side of Cincinnati, as they say. That's where all the southern suburbs are. And they're having a, uh, a gubernatorial race over there in 2019 between incumbent Matt Bevan and uh, Andy Bashir, the challenger. I believe Andy Bashir was governor once before, or one of his kinfolk was, and I believe he's currently attorney general of memory, sir. But in any case, uh, Matt Bevan you may have heard of. He's not a nice man. Uh, he's he's very mean to teachers. doesn't think they should get their pensions and things like that. But, um, uh, well, here, here's one of his um, campaign commercials. And, unfortunately, I think he is doing everything exactly right, scaring people just the way he needs to. Uh, here you go. Illegal immigration is hurting America. The crime, the cost. Governor Bevin won't let it hurt Kentucky. Bevin says no to sanctuary cities. But Andy Bashir would allow illegal immigrants to swarm our state. And at this part, uh, point in the spot, uh, he you see people swarming over a border, presumably down in one of the southern states, it's either Texas or New Mexico or Arizona, possibly California. But it gives you the impression that people would be swarming over the border, over the fence from Tennessee. But there's no fence between Kentucky and Tennessee. They'll, they'll just drive in, of course. Anyway, here's the rest of the spot. Bashir would take Kentucky backwards while President Trump and Governor Bevin crack down on illegal immigration. Liberal Andy Bashir sides with illegal immigrants, side with Kentucky, side with Governor Matt Bevin. All right, so and the final shot of the uh, ad, I should note, is Governor Bevin standing, I guess, on the steps of Air Force One with President Trump, giving that, that subtle message that, hey, if you like Trump, you're going to like Matt Bevin a lot still because Matt Bevin hates immigrants uh, just like Trump does. He uh, does not like sanctuary cities just like Trump does. And uh, Matt Bevin also served our country in the military Well, Matt Bevin served our country in the military. So anyway, uh, Andy Bashir is doing everything wrong. So one of the commercials he has features uh, a teacher, a lovely woman named Laura, and well, this is her story. Governor Bevan called teachers selfish and ignorant. Got a thug mentality. It was selfish. Going to temper tantrums. Knock them out and drag them to shore. It's been a hard couple of years hearing the governor insult us. I regret nothing that I have ever said about an educator. He doesn't respect working class people. But every time Matt Bevan knocks us down, Andy Bashir lifts us up. He fought for us and he kept his word and he won. Matt Bevan divides us and Andy unites us and that's the difference. The problem with this is everybody hates teachers. Lazy 
getting a he works seven to three and gets summers off and they're just lazy by the way none of this is true i know lots of teachers they work way longer than seven to three because they have to grade papers at night and do other kind of work and of the three teachers i can think of right off the top of my head uh, three different ladies, two in Cincinnati, one in Cleveland. One of them does take summers off, and uh, but she's been teaching for years and years and years. And uh, yeah, she does have a pretty good gig. The other two are single moms. They work all year round. When they're not in school, they're hustling to find part-time jobs just to, you know, just to keep their household together. And they're also working, you know, late into the night on school nights because, you know, they got papers to grade and, and things like that. And, and, and one of them works for public schools. One of them works for a private school. Doesn't even have a pension. Okay? So get that out of your head. The, the teachers are, are got the discovered some gravy train. But perception is everything, and, uh, and Andy Bashir is trying to get you to feel sorry for teachers, which isn't going to happen. Matt Bevin's trying to scare you the legal immigrants are going to flood into Kentucky, which is going to work beautifully. Then he, uh, Andy Bashir has this other weird commercial. I'll give you a listen to the beginning of it here. Who did you vote for in 2016? I voted for Trump, and I supported Matt Bevin four years ago. Trump, 100%. I'm still a Donald Trump guy, but I'm done with Bevin. So wait, they still like Trump, but they're going to vote for Andy Bashir instead. And what's even weirder is Andy Bashir's okay with this. He's like, hey, if you like Trump, you can still like me. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. Uh, don't really have a punchline for this, but I thought you folks would all enjoy that. And uh, hey, let's head on to the interview. Jimmy Schubert's a stand-up comedian you've seen not only in clubs and theaters across the country, either headlining or featuring for somebody else, but you've also seen him in the movies and on TV recently. So here now is an interview with Jimmy Schubert. Cool, man. All right. Sound out of breath. You okay? Yeah, yeah, I was just actually finishing a workout. Oh, cool. All right, there you go. Staying in shape, man. <laughs> yeah, got to. It's my, you know, I got a Fitbit. I'm starting to become more aware. You know, got to take care of Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, my wife does that, and um, I don't have the Fitbit because I don't want to lug that thing around, but I kind of glom onto her steps. And uh, our doctor told us, basically, if you just keep moving, that's like 90% of the battle right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because they get that little bracelet. You don't even think about it now. You can log your water, you can log your food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just be more conscious of it anyway. Yeah. Yes. We're doing that intermittent fasting now. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I heard about that. It's, it's always something, right? You right, right. <laughs> things to do, right? Exactly. Uh, well, this one seems to make sense, at least, in that, you know, it's... Uh, you get used to it, and it's, it's supposed to be better for your metabolism and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm a skinny guy. I don't... I, I eat crappy, but I should probably eat better, because, um, you know, you just... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just one of those things. You know, you, you think about it like we're kind of like nuts. Like, I don't even know if we're, we're supposed to be taking care of ourselves like this. You know, it seems like uh, modern man has become very soft. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's strange, too. On the one hand, you know, we're living longer because so, medicine's gotten so better and, and medical technology. And then on the other hand, we're eating, like, all this processed food and eating, like, crap, and that's killing us in the other direction. So it's, it's so strange. Yeah. yeah, you know, and, and like, you know, they used, to, they used to have to hunt for their food, which I'm sure probably kept them in pretty good shape. True. And then, you know, going to, a, going to the store and buying a box of Cheerios <laughs> doesn't really, 
you know, if it does doesn't really do a lot of good for your core, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point because um, I was there. Native tribe used to live in the area that I live in. In fact, there's a settlement not too far from where I live, and they had to wander, you know, easily a couple three, four, five miles a day probably just to find you know something just to find dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's uh, everything's getting easier, you know. So with all this technology, it's kind of taking its toll. I think. Yeah. Uh, so do you find like staying in shape is beneficial to you for all the amount of traveling that you do? Is it a little easier oh, now? Yeah, man. I just got back. I was in, I was opening for Russell Peters. I was in India and uh, oh wow, and Kuwait, um, which is interesting. You know, went over there for like a, like a two week run. That's. I just talked to somebody else that was working with Russell Peters. I can't remember who it was. Probably Jason Collins. No, um, who's the fellow that lives in Australia now? He used to work with Russell. You know, it's funny. Russell works with a lot of people. That's true. Yeah, it's, that's that's just probably like years, you know? yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, but what have you been up to besides you know traveling around the world? That's been about like I said, two years since we spoke to you. What's been like on the latest and the greatest? Well, you know, I just did a movie called Puppy Love with uh, Hopper Penn, Trump Penn's uh, son. Okay. Uh, it's called Puppy Love. It was directed by Michael Maxis and. Uh, Michael Madsen's in it, Rosanna Arquette, Dwayne Newton. It's got kind of like a really kind of all-star cast. It reminds yeah. me of the movie, the movie Go I did, you know, kind of one of those hip kind of uh, into, like real independence. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, they just locked a picture on that, on the sound, and so that should be up shortly. I uh, just did a special, which is available on my website, called uh, Zero Tolerance. Which is, uh, you know, it's uh, my own little kind of self-marketing thing that I put it out an hour special. I just put it up on my website. Eventually, be available on iTunes and stuff. But uh, you know, produce it myself and just put it up on my website. So uh, let's see what else is going on. You know, I, I just uh, yeah, got this special out, and uh, that's it really. Just kind of a kind of new manager, kind of working on uh, working on some things. See what's going to happen. So. Uh, yeah, you know, it, this is a, uh, you know, the ups and downs of show business. Sure, sure. Well, you, ought to, you always got to be doing something. You always got to have a lot of irons well, in know, the fire. It's and... like it's funny because you know, I'm thinking about doing, possibly doing a podcast. It just seems like now it's everybody's doing them. It's a, it's like you know you're obsolete. You're not doing. Them. Yeah. Well, the. the... As I say, the thing is, you know, there are a lot of people doing them, and I, I teach a podcasting class to the young people on Saturdays. And um, the the one advice that uh, Graham Elwood gave me, you might know Graham uh, from the I Lost. Know, yeah, yeah. He he said that your your podcast should be about something, which sounds obvious, but when you dig the leaper, it should be like something, you know, uniquely about something. Like his is about movies, and you know, and his his love of movies, and uh, and his co-host's love of movies, and things like that. So I think if you yeah. find that, and I think you, since having, I guess, shall we say, a different voice in comedy, uh, maybe than others. I'm sure you could find that a sweet spot uh, that you could fit in easily. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, that's exactly, that's the tough part to figure it out. I was actually thinking about doing one called Course Correction, like a course correction for you, but it's just that we've kind of lost our mind a little bit. Yeah. And we need to get back on track and connect as human beings. I think all this technology and all the social media is designed to, like, you know, bring everybody, as opposed to close together, further apart. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I was talking to my daughter just this morning, though, about these things. And she um, she's 15. And uh, when Stranger Things uh, was, we first started watching that, of course, they, they play The Clash in that. And my and my wife is like, oh, well, you know, I was a big, big Clash fan. I saw him live in Cleveland. And so my daughter went on a deep dive into The Clash, like listened to every album. And I was asking her this morning, I'm like, you did that through Spotify, right? She goes, yeah. And I'm like, boy, when I was a kid, if you took a deep dive on a band, you had to actually find a person that had all those albums because they didn't play them on the radio. You were stuck. Yeah. yeah. And I'm so, in some ways, that's super beneficial. But then she goes, oh, yeah, Spotify is the way to go. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I'm afraid. I was reading that they're going to shut down iTunes eventually, and they really want you to be streaming music. They don't want you owning music anymore, which is scary to me. Yeah, it really is weird. That's why albums are making a comeback. You know, some people have gone, like, completely audiophile. And yes, yes. Went back to playing records, which is, yeah, it seems like, you know, what's what's always old becomes new again. You know, it's like retro, and it's like that, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, people used to clean their pot on album covers. Yeah, yeah. The album <laughs> cover while they were doing that. Yeah. Like all those things are going away. It's, just, it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. And on the social side, I mean, I probably do spend too much time on it, although I have, like, some freelance jobs that involve me having to actual do social media stuff. But, I mean, I kind of like seeing my friends that I, I grew up with, you know, uh, in Pittsburgh and what they're doing and enjoying the, the fact that the Nationals are going to on the verge of going to the World Series. But then, yeah, you're right. It, and overall, though, it seems to divide us more than it brings us together. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Twitter sphere, like, the Twitter sphere is filled with hate. You know, and I was talking like, you, you know, it's weird when you think about like, you know, it's, I find, look, I got to do a healthy amount of it for my job, but I, I find it, uh, you know, the, the, those websites like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, they're kind of like internet ghettos designed to eradicate original thought and ideas. Mm -hmm. and, I, and the minute you get out of groupthink, then, you, you know, people just gang up on you on the, on those, on those sites, it seems like, you know, people love, I, I mean, it's kind of. It's kind of like a, a, a giant online soul suck to me. It just seems like, you know, you're right. On one hand, it's great to keep in touch with all those. You know, on the other hand, it's kind of a giant waste of time, you know? It is, yeah. I mean, I... I mean, that's why I got rid of... Uh, I, like, I don't watch the news anymore. I, I kind of read my news in the morning, and I just, I just don't like listening to it all the time. It just like, it seems like I go, why do you think they call it programming? You know, because they can manipulate you. They, they ah. I think, you know, cable pundits do more to divide us than to bring us together. And I think that's by on purpose, by design. You know? Yeah, there is definitely a fine line between punditry and actual reporting and actual delivering of facts, and not just yeah. So the whole thing is that we're in flux with all of this. Yeah. How does this affect us as human beings over the long haul? And uh, that's what I, that's what I've been thinking about. You know, that kind of. Uh, how it's going to change human interaction. Yeah, and I mean, people say, oh, well, you'll never change anybody's mind on, on Facebook. And I, I don't think that's 100% true because I have uh, my friend Tim Slagle, who's been on the podcast many times. Uh, right. He didn't change my mind actually on Facebook, but when we actually talk on the podcast, he, you know, he pointed out a couple of things to me. And I'm like, okay, I, I understand that. I still may not agree with it, but at least, you know, I get it. And no one's yelling no, but, at each other. You know, it's, it's, that's the funny thing about print when you write words. They don't have the inflection of a, of a human interaction. They don't have the. You can't tell what the, the, the gist of a conversation is. It's just words on a page. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. People read that and interpret that any way they see fit, and they try to attach meaning to things. The look at Roseanne Barr. I mean, Roseanne Barr got fired for a tweet. 
It was a fucking tweet. It was a joke. At the end of the day, it was a joke. It's all. It's an old joke. It's an old joke formula. It's like someone, 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 someone had a baby. Planet of the Apes and, and the Muslim Brotherhood had a baby. The woman did look exactly like that character. Mm-hmm. And while you, you know, you, you, I don't think she's a racist, but I mean, look what they did. You know, look what happened. It was a, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, that decision, that tweet. Uh, you know, they wound up firing her. And the thing is, at the end of the day, ABC had like $80 million in revenue ad sold for the reruns of Roseanne. They had $20 million in revenue sold for the new season, the second season of Roseanne. And they wound up costing the country, the company, $100 million because they fucking wanted to fire her as opposed to going, hey, can you check book out? You know, I mean, it's like, fuck, to me, it was so fucking stupid. I've never seen anything dumber in my life. Well, the irony, too, about that is is that when you look at it for her original series, she did really more for working-class people in this country than anybody in that era just simply by having a show that showed, you know, how working-class people, you know, it was a more honest, I think, delivery, and that's why the show was such a big hit originally. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, you know, that's why I love that these TV network executives, I mean, they act like they create hits. And I go, no, the, the people do. If they watch yeah. the show, it's a fucking hit. I mean, there's nothing, you you know what I mean? I mean, I, granted, some of it's time for some other variables thrown in, but sure. for the most part, if it's not a great show, then it doesn't get watched. And I think, you're right, I agree with you 100%. Roseanne was a real kind of trendsetter in that, in that um in that regard, yeah. Yeah, and a, and a lot of things had to come together uh, for that show to work. And a lot of people for you know got mad at Tom Arnold, and I had him on the show and apologized to him because I was one of them. But I didn't realize until David Feldman pointed out on his podcast that you know Tom Arnold was like the the Bill Belichick of that whole thing. He was like he was picking the people to write it and you know some of the direction of it. And you know it's I don't think people give him much credit for that, and uh, he certainly deserves it. But I digress. Yeah, well, you know. It's- it's uh, it's weird, man. Show business is a really tough, uh, tough little racket. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> nobody gets credit. And I mean, you know, this political culture we live in, this this current cancel culture and yeah. culture, you know, it's it's kind of uh, it's gotten really ridiculous, and it's going to actually swing back the other direction. I think I think, I think you know, comedians again have to go out on the forefront, kind of lean into this. A Tell people how ridiculous they're being, because I mean all this hatred, fucking bullshit. The site, I mean, that's I've never seen it so fucking more ridiculous than I've seen it now. I just remember that Oregon, uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, who's got a major homeless crisis up there and drug problem on the streets, is spending 194 million dollars to get rid of the urinal and make the bathrooms more general neutral in you know state buildings. Which, you know, fucking priorities, man. Priorities. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you could take a lot of that money and maybe kind of shift it over towards the solving your homeless problem or whatever whatever the deal is. I think there's other pressing issues. It's just got so beyond fucking ridiculous now. So to that end, what are you talking about on stage these days? Uh, a lot of the things we're talking about now. I mean, just how ridiculous it's gotten. It's like, you know... Um, just, just, just human, you know, customer service, how, like, you know, I mean, you go to San Francisco, you go to San Francisco and you're out there and just, 
you know, people shooting up on the BART system and you'd be at a nice outdoor cafe, have a nice Twinkie Panini and a homeless guy just walks by and just drops trowel and just shits on the sidewalk next to your table. Bon appetit, but God damn it, don't you use a plastic straw because the turtle got one stuck in his nose. Yeah, you know, fuck that turtle. I had a plastic straw stuck in my nose for about seven years. No one gave a shit about me. You know, the turtle's going to hit bottom and get himself to a meeting. No, I, <laughs> you know, just like that, that kind of ridiculous, you know, you know, people are walking around with fucking dogs and baby strollers now, you know? <laughs> it's a dog in a sweater licking himself at the Starbucks this morning. I got to read my, starting to read my newspaper, drink my coffee, and I... Anything that can lick his ball shouldn't be wearing a sweater. That's number one. <laughs> you know, a lot of, uh, like all these, like, uh, you know, people, therapy cats, people flying with animals now because they, I get, I get stressed out. I get, look, it's bad enough. You're going to go to Cleveland, you're dragging Mr. Fucking Whiskers. You know, it's gotten ridiculous. It's gotten so, I don't know what, what happened to us as a species. I think we're, I think we're really kind of done. <laughs> you know, that's, Really, I, that's what the kind of the theme of the show is. I hope you enjoyed your. Well, I hope you enjoyed it because we're on our way out. Uh, <laughs> uh, my wife has a joke about um, uh, dogs and strollers. She says, "If the, your dog's in a stroller, it better have a broken leg." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's. I see it all the time out here. It's got. So I'm like, I don't understand why I must be subjected to your insane love of animals at seven thirty in the morning. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's a. It, you know, because you look at the dogs. You know, in, in the wild, they'd be sleeping inside a bear carcass. You know, you've painted its nails, you put a bow in its hair, all the other dogs are laughing at it. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you say it's descended from the wolf. <laughs> you've, yeah, not only have we ruined our lives, we've taken all this displaced emotional residue and we've transferred it over to our, pat, to our pets. You know, cats, cat diabetes now. Now do you not know how to eat? You transfer all that shit onto your fucking cat who now has to get two shots a day because you didn't know how to fucking feed it, you know? Crazy. I mean, we're about the same age. Uh, don't you reckon it's always been uh, a little crazy, or have we actually, in fact, gotten crazier? Because we we can no. see it. Younger people can't because you know they haven't they haven't been around as long. Yeah, I think I think it's gotten like I think it's gotten crazier. I think it's gotten crazier because there's so much more pressure on people nowadays. Uh, you see, you see people snapping more today. Than, than maybe in the past because they knew how to handle things a little better, but it's like you just can't make a fucking mistake today. You can't make a financial mistake. Mm. You can't make a like. As, I don't know if you've seen this video when we hang out. If you Google, but there's a woman say woman that woman shits in coffee shop. Type, type that into Google. Okay. Apparently, a woman was in a, a Timmy Horton's coffee shop up in Canada, and she was trying to get the keys to the restroom. It seemed like anyway, was my interpretation of the video. It's really no sound with it. But at some point, she just pulls down her yoga pants, shits on the floor, and because the guy wouldn't give her the keys, and then like she picks it up and throws it at the guy. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, you see that the first time, you go, "That's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen." I mean, I've been mad at people. I've never been. I'm gonna drop trail shit on your floor and throw it. You're mad. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> but that, not like that. But it's but after the thirteenth time, you see the video. You go, "This." Woman could be on to something. She could be the Rosa Parks of the <laughs> customer service revolution that's about to go on in this country. I mean, you know, that's that's how people feel, though. I mean, I, I think I think people are snapping more and more, and because of social media, it's it, just people are just capturing it more. And it just seems like it's it's out there. I don't know. I, yeah, because I just 
I mean, that's like some next level shit. Ned, like, literally. Just shit in the fuck coffee shop. And like, I mean, it's, that's like, you know, that's like lizard brain shit. I mean, that's, she just kind of reduced to the brainstem. And I mean, I, I've never, I could never imagine myself being that fucking mad at somebody, you know? And in Canada, of all places. Yeah, where there's supposed to be nice people. You yeah. Know? And it's, uh, yeah, but uh, I'm looking forward to coming back there. I like coming to that club. I usually have a good time. I mean, you know, the Rick Bronson has started to really cultivate, the, you know, the young, you know, so it's it's been getting, uh, it's, it's been doing well. I guess we're coming up there during the season. Um, and you've, uh, let me see, have you been to Cincinnati recently, where I am? I think, I can't remember. No, I have not been to Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah, I used to do going bananas there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done it in a while. Ah, okay, you need to get back here, man. I think you'd. Uh, I think people dig you here. Yeah, I got. You know, it's so funny. I mean, I just got back from India and Kuwait, and which was an amazing trip. I mean, it really was. I mean, I've never been to India and uh, and Kuwait. And, and the interesting thing about doing that was uh, you're doing audiences whose English isn't their first language, and they really didn't roll up with stand-up. Because stand-up comedy is kind of a uniquely American art form. Oh, yeah. Like, as, like jazz music. Yep. And so the, the great thing that I, I love about watching Russell Peters is, like, how masterful he is. Like, you look at his audience, and there's, there's Sikhs, there's Muslims, there's Americans. There's I mean, it really is a cross-cultural kind of... Uh, thing that he's able to do and I, I actually like opening for him because it also presents me with a challenge as well and so it, it was really a lot of fun to do that and just uh, do it at a level where you know you tour with russell peters it's kind of cool you know so everything's uh, you know amazing you're staying at good hotels and stuff and so yeah that's what uh that's everybody says yeah well cool man well appreciate you taking the time and taking a break from your workout and uh and knocking this out on such short notice too because uh, someone else was in that slot and then i found out they were probably said no he's not going to be there or jimmy schubert's there. i'm like oh i'd love jimmy well good chance to talk to jimmy um, hey man, thanks, thanks for everything. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks no. For, uh, give me a, give me a, a little, little, little link to help me out. You know. Oh, always, man. Like we'll we'll try to get you down here in Cincinnati too. Yeah, awesome. All Thank right, you so much. Thanks, Talk Jimmy. Bye bye. Thanks again to Jimmy Schubert for being on the show. You can catch Jimmy at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at the MGM Grand there in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, as Brandon Flowers, lead singer of The Killers, would say. Um, and that's November 4th uh, through 11th. He's there the whole week. And then uh, he's in Zanies later in November, uh, both in Rosemont and in downtown Chicago. I guess he's doing um, three nights in uh, Rosemont and then two nights in the downtown Zanies Club. So for all of your Jimmy Schubert information, just go to Jimmy Schubert. Dot com. Schubert is S-H-U-B-E-R-T. There's no C in there. All right, there you go. So song of the week. Well, I had a tough time picking. Um, it's the not the band, but the, the tune. And uh, here's why. Uh, back in June, we were in Los Angeles on vacation, and I finally got to record an episode of the Rock Solid podcast with my friend Pat Francis. And um, we were talking about this for a long time. I was going to do a Beach Boys episode, but then someone else did that and did a much better job than I would have, by the way. And then we were trying to figure out what else I could do, and he just, uh, I think I mentioned I was coming out there, and he said, UFOMD, and uh, UFO is his second favorite band, OMD is uh, my favorite band after the Beach Boys, so uh, two bands people don't know a lot about uh, that don't go together, as we pointed out, but would be really fun to do a deep dive on in both cases, so we did. And so you can listen to that anywhere you find podcasts, rock solid podcast. 
And um, I, we recorded it before it was announced that OMD was releasing this big uh, box set of uh, their uh, all their singles from the last 40 years, from 1979 up to 2019. And a couple weeks ago, of course, we played Don't Go, which is the new single they added to that package, uh, because it is a single. And uh, in the greatest, or not the, in the souvenir package, it's called Souvenir, and in this whole package uh, in the UK, it's got on CD and vinyl, and you get, uh, I believe it's a five disc set. Uh, the first two are all the singles, and then uh, disc three is a bunch of uh, B-sides and uh, studio takes like that, and then four and five are, are live uh, performances. But in the UK, you can get these all physically, plus a couple of DVDs that come with it. That you do not get those in North America. In fact, the North American releases are only available digitally, except for the vinyl. You can buy the vinyl of the singles. So anyway, um, recommended, by the way. This is a very, if you want to get into OMD, if you want to go beyond If You Leave, and maybe you've heard So In Love or some of the, one of the other two songs, uh, this is the perfect way to go in. I would say the singles is pretty much the way to go. Yes, there are some songs that should have been singles. There are some songs that should not have been singles, but that you could say that about every band and every fan can nitpick uh, those kind of things. But I think this is a pretty user-friendly best-of package, so highly recommended for your streaming or buying uh, 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 purposes. And anyway, uh, so they released Don't Go as a single, of course, and then it looks like, I don't know if there's going to be another single, it looks like they were going to pull one from the uh, third disc of B-sides and stuff like that, and it seems the fandom is settled settled on Liberator, which is a song from the Crush Sessions, which is their sixth album. I like a song called Dynamo Children, I really had a tough time deciding between these two because they both... You can really tell they came from that album. They list the dates that all these tracks were recorded so you can work backwards and uh, figure out which albums they came from. But um, I'm going to go with Liberator as my track of the week. I think it'll be more friendly to your ears, although uh, Dynamo Children is still really good too. But uh, yeah, Liberator is uh, one of the songs from the disc three of the previously unreleased material. And uh, I think you're really going to dig it. And then I, fortunately, next week... You're going to hear another band you've heard a lot from uh, this uh, this year, and for good reason. And then believe me, I do have a lot of other bands that uh, have never appeared a Song of the Week stacked up and ready to go to take us uh, through Christmas, I promise. But in the meantime, this is Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark. The song is called Liberator. It's my uh, track of the week, song of the week, if you will, with PF Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. I fell in love with a liberator She kept me waiting four hours later Shouts and she tells me why, but she gets away with her steel blue eyes. I fell in love with a girl in black. She's far away, but I want her back. She seldom calls and she never writes. I think of her almost every night. I surrender. I surrender. I will surrender. Like these I do my best